very amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I don't want to say I invented something because that is too aggressive. That is what I would call me putting a Starbucks inside a popcorn bucket and Magic Kingdom this week so I could bring it on Haunted Mansion and drink it after, not on the ride, not on the ride, drink it after and not spill anything, not convenience any employees. So maybe that is an invention, but what I just did is plainly common sense. I put a bag of caramel corn I got from the parks in the fridge of my hotel room because I'm coming at you straight from my Disney Resort hotel room. And it was a little soggy when I first got it because it was hot out in the parks, but I put it in there. I just pulled it out and now it's cold and it's delicious. And I'm trying very hard to not eat it while I record audio. So I'll save you from that (laughs) noise of me snacking, but just know it is next to me and I desperately want to eat it. Popcorn fueled to a T. Now, by the time you hear this episode, I will have been at Walt Disney World for a full week, which, you know, Disney time is like overnight camp time. It's just expanded. It's not normal. So it kind of feels like I've been here for two weeks, three weeks, a month. I basically don't even remember what Morty's face looks like anymore, but I'm having one heck of a time and I brought the show on the road. I'm recording multiple episodes from my hotel room, but The main story today is not that. It is Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. By the time you listen to this, I may or may not have been on it yet. If you listen to this the moment it comes out, my butt has not yet been in that seat. But a few hours later, I will be on it and I will be telling you everything. My full review of the attraction once I step off. But this episode focuses more on it as a whole and I cannot wait to share it with you. We will get into more of that later, but... Because this is the intro and I was told by exactly two listeners that I should just go along. (laughs) I will share that I am in town for my friend Jeffrey Epstein's birthday and it has been bonkers level of fun. You probably know of Jeffrey from D23 Inside Disney, which where he's a podcast host. I'm a podcast host here, but I guess we're podcast pals, but we kind of consider ourselves more editorial people. But anyway, every five years for Jeffrey's birthday, he throws a huge bash. And we were supposed to go two years ago for his 50th, but <laughs> y'all know what happened. So this was his 52nd and it was kicked up a notch just because all of us were so amped and so excited for it. It was incredible. I I don't want to say it was turned up because I am too old to use that phrase, but it was just the most thoughtful, jam-packed, exciting, surprise-filled party I think I've ever been to in my life. And it's not just the party. We went to an incredible private dinner at California Grill on Friday night that was like a dream rehearsal dinner. Oh my God. We went to Epcot all day Sunday. We had great food. We hung out. We're going to Hollywood Studios on Monday or past Monday when you listen to this. We have a dinner at Boathouse. Like, we are truly on vacation, living it up, and it is so much fun. I am so grateful to have been invited and be able to attend. It was such a great time. So happy birthday, Jeffrey, if you are listening to this. And also, we had, oh my gosh, we had such a big enough group. I think we had 34 people that we were able to move through Rise of the Resistance together, which was, oh, it was so much fun. I don't want to spoil it by specifying any sections that we were in together, but it was very nice to be on that attraction to be surrounded exclusively by people you know or have just met and truly adore. Because one of the great things about this party, which I'm sure some of you have experienced in life in some facet, is that sometimes when you meet someone great, you end up meeting their friends who are also great and you love them and you end up just 
exponentially meeting more wonderful people and hanging out with them. And that's exactly what this felt like, like a little family at the end of the day. So it was, oh, so much fun. And if I sound hoarse at all in this episode, I promise you I am thrilled to be here. It's just that I have giggled and laughed and screamed on rides, not at people, and had so much fun gabbing for the past three or four days that uh, I'm, I may be losing my voice soon, but I'm holding on strong. As long as I get this podcast in the can, we are good. So I hope you all enjoy the fact that we are, we're really getting you Guardians info from the get-go, and it is good info. It is from the source. So I think you're going to love this one. I'm going to get right into it. I mean, like five minutes after I just blabbed about stuff. But anyway, stick around this week, this coaster, this interview is so great. And I hope you enjoy. To space we go. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to our very special Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind episode. Now, why is it special? Because this interview is dropping the morning that the media, including myself, is going to ride this brand new Epcot attraction for the very first time. This is a huge deal, not just because Epcot is getting a state-of-the-art indoor thrill ride with this new roller coaster, which, by the way, is one of the longest indoor coasters in the world and boasts Disney's first reverse launch, but it's a big deal because this was timed out specifically for you to glean as much information about this attraction as possible. The goal of this podcast episode is to give you context for everything you'll see online today and going forward. This attraction opening is monumental for a park that really needed something like this. So I already know how the top line discussion is going to go online for the week. Everything is going to be centered around the coaster mechanics and operations, because we need to know what we need to know before boarding, right? Like, can people of different body sizes board this easily? Are there concerns with motion sickness? What is the movement like? Should I eat before or after? These are the type of real world questions that I live for and specialize in. And I will be bringing you all of that in my social media and in my stories starting today once I write it myself. But that's not the main focus of this episode. We are here to discuss what this attraction is, where it lives within the MCU, and why we're boarding it at all, let alone at Epcot. And because there is a lot of really robust backstory to this attraction that I fear is going to get lost in the excitement of a thrill ride that isn't Mission Space, we are lucky enough to be joined by Wyatt Winter, senior producer with Walt Disney Imagineering, who is single-handedly walking us through this attraction weeks before it's open to the public. 
If you are hoping to go into Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind without knowing a single thing, then this may not be the best episode for you. However, the way I designed this interview is that we discussed the pre-show, we discussed the characters, we discussed the spaces and the planets you kind of need to know before you get on board to get the entire backstory and to essentially board the attraction knowing what's going on to your fullest extent. But in terms of the actual coaster, what you'll see while you're on the ride, once you're moving through space, what you can expect beyond that reverse launch that we already know about, None of that is discussed here. And I'm someone who didn't even watch the promotional video that Walt Disney World put out because I didn't want anything spoiled. And I left this interview feeling more ready and more excited for this attraction than ever. And if you're like me and you can't remember for the life of you who Novacore are or what Xandar is, even though you're a big fan of these movies, this episode is essentially your study guide, your cliff notes for everything you need to expect from this ride without ruining a single thing. Hopefully, by the end of this episode, you will be prepped and ready for your journey alongside the Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe even know a thing or two about where to look or listen for hidden Epcot Easter eggs. Enjoy this little off-planet trip to the world of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Wyatt, welcome to Very Amusing! Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to talk to you about Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. We are chatting a few days before I will be lucky enough to go on it. So I have many, many questions about the attraction. But to kick things off, can you kind of let us know where we are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline? I know that Disney fans are going to see a lot of characters in this attraction. And if you could refresh their memories on who they are, that would be fantastic. Yeah, so here at Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, we are focused on the Guardians of the Galaxy. So um, you're going to see Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Groot, and Rocket all here as part of our journey, as well as some of uh, our Novacore members that we've seen before and some new members as well. So uh, that's really our kind of focus of our story here, as well as uh, the planet Xandar that we get to really visit in the first film, um, and get to bring to Epcot for the very first time in our first Other World Showcase Pavilion. And who exactly are the Nova Corps? Nova Corps are the kind of peacekeepers and protectors of Xandar. Um, they really kind of are a big part of Xandar people and culture and many uh, kind of families across Xandar are part of Nova Corps. So it's really intertwined with kind of who they are as a being and person, but they're really kind of the the peacekeeping force, if you will, of Xandar. For any Disney fans who might be more into Epcot than they are into Guardians of the Galaxy, Xandar and Novacore, are they good? Are they bad? Are they questionable? Kind of what's their vibe? They, uh, they're definitely good. They are really kind of this Xandar as a whole. We really spend a lot of time talking about who they are, their people, their culture, and their technology. And so drawing a lot of similarities between them and us on Earth, or as they call us, Terra, um, and so Terrans. And so they have a lot of advanced technology and city planning thinking and kind of way of life that then they want to share with us and kind of continue our journey to do more city planning and technology and all of that. So we get to kind of learn some of that, but they definitely are um, kind of an advanced group of citizens and people. Cool. 
I would love if you could walk us through the entire attraction because this podcast will air once people are allowed to know every detail and you being an expert, I would just love to kind of have your VIP tour guide through the entirety of Cosmic Rewind. Certainly. So yeah, so we are obviously at Epcot um, in the New World Discovery neighborhood. And as you approach it, your first thing you're going to see is a Star Blaster. It is the first full-size Star Blaster that has been built here on Terra or that is here on Terra. And it serves as kind of that icon as you come up. And it's really this symbol has been given here to Epcot as a symbol of kind of peace and this uh, it fought in the battle of Z- for Xandar. And it's kind of in the stand down moment, like symbolizing peace and it's no longer this active fighter. And we want to use that to draw you in. And you know, the thing they're coming to see is really the wonders of Xandar. And so like I said, it's the first Otherworld Showcase Pavilion. And you step inside this massive attraction. And the first thing you see is the Galaxarium. And the Galaxarium is a planetarium-like show that is over 30 minutes long that really talks about those similarities and differences between Xandar and Earth. And so whether we learn about Xandar being in the Andromeda Galaxy which is a place that we know of, just so happens Xandar's there. Um, we learned that they have three sons and we only have our one son. And we really have these compare and contrast to show that we are all born of the same stardust. Um, and as we learn about them, they're learning about us. And so the host of that show is a character named World Mind, who is making her debut. Her audio debut is the narrator for the show. And Worldmind is cool. Yeah. So it is, uh, Worldmind is a sentient Xandarian supercomputer that really hosts and houses all the memories and history of Xandar. And so she knows everything about Xandar. And that's how she's able to kind of share this with us and is wanting to learn about Terra. Um, but some of her facts that she's learned maybe aren't quite right. She's learning them from Peter Quill. And so he's giving her some information that's maybe a little, little off just from he, he hasn't spent a lot of time here since mid 80s. Um, so he only knows so much. Uh, but that's really kind of what this show is about. And you really get this science based story that grounds us here at Epcot and what we know, along with kind of stepping into the world of Guardians and Xandar and kind of blending those two together. Wow. That's only the first room. I know. Um, I was going to say, I know there's much, much more to come. <laughs> yeah. So you continue in this space is this beautiful kind of overall, just gorgeous space. It's really this calm, chill, calm, relaxing environment. And as you continue in, you head on into the Xandar Gallery. And the Xandar Gallery is broken up into three areas. It's all about the people of Xandar, the protectors of Xandar, and the heroes of Xandar. And so this first one about the people, you really learn about that what makes up their cities. Some thoughts about how you transportation and how their cities are laid out. Um, you see some of the different citizens of Xandar um, on this very kind of modern Xandarian technology presentation that they're waving to us and saying hi. Um, we also then have um, learning about, again, their city planning, what makes up their place. And connecting it a little bit to Epcot, because as they've discovered, 
they have these circular radial city plans and it's very much like our Walter Elias Disney had his circular radial city plan for Epcot. It sounds kind of like a a World's Fair style pavilion in Epcot for another planet. Exactly. Yep. So very much like World Showcase, um, where we learn about Germany or China or whatever country we have here at World Showcase, this same idea is here now at Xandar in this other World Showcase pavilion. I have to interject and ask, uh, is there anything that Disney fans should keep an eye out for in this gallery that maybe, I don't know, has a hidden Mickey or something they would want to take note of? Well, I think learning a little bit of those connections with Walt, that's a fun one to see there. Um, you will also get some references a little bit later into the gallery, maybe about what Peter Quill wants to see when he comes to Epcot. He maybe remembers some stuff at Epcot and he wants to come back. Oh, like remembers some things from Epcot in the 80s, it sounds like? Maybe so, maybe so. Okay, I'm like hoping there's some sort of Food Rocks reference, personally. very close. Ooh, (laughs) okay, I won't won't spoil it. Maybe a a kitchen cabaret sitch? We'll have to see, I'll have to see. Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) Oh gosh, I can't wait. Um, So what happens once you emerge out of that space? Yeah, so the next one, once you've learned about the people, you're going to start about the protectors, which is the Nova Corps. So we, obviously we had set a big part of their life. And so we learned about the different ranks of Nova Corps and their role in Xandar. And it's through models and graphics and um, presentation of a lot of their uniforms for those ranks. And then the last area is the heroes of Xandar, which are the guardians. So the guardians help save Xandar um, at the Battle of the Cree. At the end, you saw this play out at the end of the first film. And so as you... Um, they're really viewed as these rock stars almost because they saved the planet. So Xander like holds them up as these celebrities. And as you go through here, you get a segment of an interview that they did with Good Morning Xandar. So again, they're very much like us here. Um, so our reporter there is talking to them and has an exclusive interview with the Guardians. And we start to see again, reminder of what happened during that battle was that Will's plan? Was it Rocket's plan? How did it all come together? Uh, Maybe a little bit about, like I said, uh, Peter Quill's interest to come back to Epcot and get a lot of that humor and excitement of the Guardians before you get onto the attraction. And a big part of all of this Q experience is to really plant seeds about what you'll eventually experience on the ride and later in the show. So whether we are talking about how Kind of our universes are all born of the same space dust from the singularity and the Big Bang. We start to learn about jump points and what they are. We learn about the guardians of their humor. All of this is told and talked about in the queue. And there's a lot, a lot of content before you even start doing the next two thirds of the attraction. Yeah, because I was going to say, this sounds very tame and very chill compared to the thrill coaster that we know is ahead. (laughs) So how does the attraction transition from these spaces into uh, just a ride with a backwards launch and one of the longest indoor tracks ever made? How do you transition out of this to that? Well, perfect timing. Says after the gallery, you start to come together into what we call the Welcome Center. And so the Welcome Center is really the culmination of your tour and your visit to the Wonders of Xandar, where they want to share this new technology with us called the Cosmic Generator. 
And the cosmic generator is what creates jump points. And so they run this vast network of them all across the galaxies. And it just so happens that one of them is aboard a star charter ship above Earth. And we're going to get to see this as the culmination of our tour. And so in the center, we're greeted by uh, Nova Prime, Arani Rael, who um, is there to kind of talk to us about it and share this because they want to give this technology to us to kind of further our exploration and development as a as humans kind. And Nova Prime, is that Glenn Close's character or is that someone different? It is, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we have that. And then our new character she passes off to is running this Star Charter ship. Um, he is a Centurion working for uh, the Nova Corps. And he welcomes us in and kind of says, hey, you're gonna, I'm going to now bring you in. You're going to go into our phase chamber and we are going to send you up to this ship above Earth. And doors open up and all of us are welcomed in into this like big machinery of a room. It's this big cylindrical room and overhead kind of that says really this thing is alive. So see the energy all above the machinery turning and opening up and lights and all the audio what it takes to kind of run it. And all of a sudden, boom, you are now standing on the star charter looking back at Earth. Cool. So you have transported to space and you've gone from the Wonders of Xandar Pavilion out to the star charter above Earth and you're greeted back again by Nova Prime and she's they're welcome you to show you this cosmic generator. Wow. And just to confirm, that other character, is that portrayed by Terry Crews? Is that it the character is, that's correct? Oh, yeah. So exciting. That was uh, a total <laughs> surprise to me when that was announced recently. Yeah, yeah. That was fun to have him join us here. So um a new part of our family here. <laughs> wow. Okay, so we're up here, we're staring back at Earth. What happens next? So as we start to get this presentation. All of a sudden, this cosmic generator that you see in front of you physically there disappears. They don't know quite what's going on. Power on the ship is starting to go. And she asks him to call the Guardians. We need help. What's going on? The Guardians come in and they realize that Isan, who is a celestial, has taken it. And he appears out the window between you and Earth. And he is larger than a planet. And he is holding this generator in front of him. And he says that he wants to basically rewrite history. He needs to, or he's, it's really the antithesis of what the Zandarians and Novacor think, because they think we're really on this journey of new kind of continuing exploration and on a good path. He thinks we've like messed up. We need to rewrite history, rewrite humanity, because he's been watching us for eons. And so he creates a new type of jump point that instead of just traveling through space can now travel through time. And so he puts Earth and himself through this new jump point and our ship has lost power. The Guardians are there to hatch a plan to say, try and save the day. Rocket decides that we need to go chase him down because it's our only way to survive. And they need to get us out into our escape shuttles, which is our star jumpers, which happens to be some of the ride vehicles we get on. And so we are ushered out um, to get onto our star jumpers and join the Guardians on this effort to save the galaxy. Oh my gosh. And from my understanding, some of the action plays out within the attraction with uh, 
visual displays within the ride. Can you describe what people can expect? I don't want to ruin too much of the ride, (laughs) but I I do want to get people excited for what story elements might be ahead. Yeah. So once you hop aboard your Star Jumper, you head out through the Star Cruiser or Star Charter rather. And it's okay. We've all got Star Cruiser brain at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So you head out airlock and you're headed out to space where you join and catch up with Isan and the Guardians join you at this moment. And the Guardians kind of hit this thing as they try and capture it. They hit the generator, cause it to kind of mess up a little bit. And we are all sucked back to the singularity or the Big Bang. And as it explodes, we are set backwards now on Disney's first reverse launch coaster and start this high-speed thrill ride through space and time to capture back uh, the cosmic generator and capture our villain. So it's kind of this cosmic cat and mouse chase through space and time. I did not realize we were going back to the Big Bang. We are. So we go all the way back. Take that, dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. And not I don't want to give away the ending, but in terms of the ride itself, uh, are there are there low points and high points in terms of the mood of it? Or are we just going as hard as possible throughout the entire attraction? It really is. This is a family thrill ride. And so it really kind of uh, we've you've graduated from everything at Magic Kingdom, but you're maybe not quite ready for rock and roller coaster yet. And so it slots in there. We have a 42 inch height requirement, um, but really it is this new sensation. And the big thing is that this coaster can rotate and turn. And so we can control what we call the yaw, which rotating left and right, like our uh, Omni mover attraction. So think Haunted Mansion, where we can rotate you to where we want you to look at and see. We are now doing that on a coaster that's going many miles an hour. Um, but it creates this new sensation as well. It's like you're kind of drifting and floating through space. Um, it's really kind of a unique, different thing that um, you'll get to experience soon, and hopefully everyone else can as well. It's it's hard to explain, um, and I know I sound like I'm kind of joking, like that's I'm not giving an answer, but it truly is. That's what everyone says when they get off, is it's totally unique and something different. Wow. Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quince, but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses, and the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're out here with $50 Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym. 
like it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their ultra form bike shorts and high rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. In terms of thrill level, just to double down on what you said before, for anyone who's kind of wondering if if this is a ride that they can go on, if they're a little nervous, would you place it basically below Rock and Roller Coaster? Or is there anything else you would compare it to, like a mix between Haunted Mansion and Insert Here Coaster? I think this is, I would say this is probably pushing uh, Expedition Everest. I think Everest has bigger drops and some of those heights that you see as you do that but this gets its thrills and exhilaration in different ways when you combine the music and the story and the old environment you get that kind of thrill in different ways than everest necessarily does but that's probably our closest comp um or it's kind of this next generation of a space mountain we've really amped up what our space mountains are around the world um, and this is maybe a next generation of that as well. Wow. And you're not reverse launching at the start. You move a bit before then, right? Yeah. So you get a good combination of kind of um, this dark ride type speeds, taking an environment and coaster experience as well. Wow. I'm glad we talked before I accidentally compared it to the uh, midway launch of uh, Slinky Dog Dash. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> it seems like a lot more than that. <laughs> Um, as Disney fans know, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disneyland Resort has six different song profiles, but that ride's drop profile changes with each of the songs. Since this is a coaster, I don't I don't anticipate that would happen, but I do have to ask, does the physical movement you experience on the attraction change depending on what song you get or just the mood and the vibe? It's really the mood and the vibe. We have a few different jokes that you might hear and dialogue that the Guardians say along the way. Um, for different songs, but really that music truly changes the vibe and feel. So whether you're getting everybody wants to rule the world and it's this very kind of smooth, fun feel as you're gliding through or September or conga, that's really kind of this dance party vibe as you do it. It's the mood of the song truly changes the feel of the ride, but it's the same uh, motion throughout. 
Cool. And uh, I was tipped off by a friend to ask you how many times you have been on Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> Cosmic Rewind. I feel like there's a big answer coming. So I will have to say my number, I'm going to pull it up here quickly because <laughs> our creative director and I have been keeping track. So it's about an hour ago, I hit 492 rides. Oh my God, <laughs> what? <laughs> and he has me beat. I'm in second place, I think, right now for this <gasps> one. What, what does he have? He has over 500. I think he's maybe 510, 515, somewhere in that range. Oh my God. Every coaster tracker type of fan <laughs> is just never going to catch up. <laughs> it was fun. It was, I mean, we, a big part of it was because we were trying over a hundred plus different songs to see what worked. We wanted to get those motions and movements just right. Looking at all of everything that makes a Disney experience needing to look at it and review it and see it. And so now when I hear those songs, if I'm driving and one of those songs comes on, I feel the movement of the ride. I kind of can picture it along with the songs now. <laughs> um, as someone who used to work at a record label that, and I sat directly under the loop of five songs that played, you will never forget that for the rest of your life. Yeah. I can confirm it. <laughs> yep. Anytime you hear them, you'll be like, am I on, am I on a coaster? What's happening? <laughs> yes, Exactly. <laughs> But these are fun Is, songs. They, they're, they're songs oh, yeah. to get stuck in your head. I will take these six. Oh, yeah. As perhaps the only other person that I have ever spoken with besides another theme park reporter who rides things multiple times in a row for work, uh, what's your max in one day? How many could you do in one afternoon as part of a work day? I don't know if right now the limit exists, to be honest. I It was fun. It was um I know one of the most I did in about a two plus hour period is I think 16 or 17 um, as we were trying to churn through and get some stuff done. Um, but it really is, is more of our show came into being. Um, you kind of could do a lot more just because you really finessed it, fine tuned it, everything looked right. Um, and it was, uh, you could write it much more easily as we progressed. Oh my gosh. I think the most interesting thing about this coaster so far, since I have not been on it firsthand, is that the early word on it, it people don't are, seem to be speechless. Everything is like, it's intense or like, it's a coaster, but no one seems to be able to encapsulate what actually happens on this attraction. Can you speak to that at all? Is it really that, like, that fun and that thrilling and that intense where people leave not knowing what to say? Honestly, yes. And I, I think because as we worked on it and bringing on uh, other team members and colleagues to kind of experience it and do some reviews, we kept getting that. But as we've brought on more people um, and a lot of our cast members here at Walt Disney World have been able to experience it, standing there and listening to them with that reaction, just jaw dropped, open, kind of not knowing what to say. That really is the reaction we're getting from everybody. And it's just pure fun. And I think that's something that we wanted to do with this because the Guardians of the Galaxy are just fun characters. The movies are fun. When you combine the humor, the music, the what we call it, the film team called this grandosity, the scale of it all um, together, it kind of is just something very different that we've not done here at Walt Disney World before. Um, and it was fun for all of us working on it and now even more fun truly to watch people do it. Are there any hidden Mickeys or secrets that fans should keep an eye out for in any specific areas of the attraction? I always have to ask because people always ask me. And if you know anything, I would love to tell them. 
I think you'll know there's a couple references to the universe of energy attraction on board the ride. On board the ride? On board the ride. So I'll say you have to listen for them. That is a great tip. <laughs> yeah. So it's a listen for it, don't look for it hit. So there's at least two of them on the ride. Okay. You just gave us all a really good homework assignment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was incredible. Yeah, happy to do it and excited for you to come experience it very soon. I can't wait. The day this comes out, my butt's going to be in that seat. I cannot wait. <laughs> I'll look for you there. Hi, hi, hi. It's me. I'm just chiming in to let you know that I have multiple calls for next week that are all about Disneyland, so I'm going to package them all together. So if any of you have had a burning question about Disneyland Resort, feel free to call it in, and I will add it into next week's Churro Hotline section. It's going to be all Disneyland all the time, so just let me know if you have any thoughts, inquiries, feedback, complaints, etc., etc., and I will slot it into next week's episode. Hi, Carly. This is Liz from Pennsylvania. I'm taking an unexpected trip to the world in the beginning of June. Since this is a quick trip, I won't be able to do Disney Springs in the morning. Do you have any tips or strategies for getting Gideons at night or later in the day? Thanks. Love the pod. Fantastic question. So I reached out to Steve, who is the owner and proprietor of Gideon's Bakehouse, and he told me there is actually a link on their website that outlines every detail you would want to know. I will put that link in the show notes, but just to highlight it for you, it's called Things to Know Before Visiting Gideon's at Disney Springs, and it truly lays out everything, including that wait times on Monday to Thursday are often just outside line with no virtual queue, on these days when the virtual queue is active, it rarely reaches over a two-hour wait. And busy days, which is Friday through Sunday, holidays and holiday season, the virtual queue averages five hours. Essentially, the earlier you arrive, the shorter the wait and the better selection. But Steve also says, as a general rule, if you know the parks are slammed, we're slammed. I, I hope that is helpful. Um, there is more, there are more details there that will outline everything. Worst case scenario, you can always pre-order and get items at East End Market, which is about 20 miles away from the parks. Uh, if you have a car, it's much easier than if you have to Uber there. But regardless, um, hopefully this will help you get your cookies. And I will put a link to this in the show notes so that you are prepared for your Gideon's challenge. Hope that helps and enjoy the cookies. My favorite is cookies and cream. It's the best. Hey, Carly. My name is Kelly. Uh, I love the podcast, and I'm hoping that you can help me with an upcoming trip. So my sister and I are planning a trip to go to Disney World for the Wine and Dine Half Marathon in November with our partners. And neither of us have been to Walt Disney World since I worked there in 2011. So we've missed a lot. We are excited to get back and see everything that's happened in the last ooh, 11 years, that's crazy. Um, but our partners are not theme park people. They're not big Disney fans. And so we have been trying to plan a trip with a happy medium um, feeling so that we all have a good time. So we booked a suite um, at the Art of Animation so that the boys can go to the pool and hang out there and relax while we go crazy in the parks. Um, but we try to give them some days off and some days in the park. So we're going to be taking them to the Animal Kingdom one day. Um, we're going to be taking them to the Wine and Dine after party um, at Epcot, which is um, just an evening event so that they don't have a full day in the park. And then we're going to go crazy and do a one-day park hopper at Universal. 
which is the park that they're both the most excited to go to. Um, so I just wanted to get your opinion and your tips and tricks for going to the park with anti-park goers who <laughs> we are willing to splurge on front of the line passes, um, Genie Plus, all of that good stuff. Um, but I just would love to hear your opinion on what you think we can do to make this trip a little less stressful and a little more enjoyable for everybody involved. Thank you so much. I love the show, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Okay, so this is the type of complicated mathematics equation I love to solve. As someone with a husband who is not interested in any of this, I have navigated these waters before, and I am here to help. So at the parks, I tend to find it easiest to do whatever he wants to do. So I'd approach your trip like that. Essentially, draw a line between experiences you and your friend want to do and what your partners want to do with you, and save the hits, which for them sounds like thrill rides, for when you are together, if you're going to multiple parks throughout your trip. I would definitely get a lightning lane at 7 a.m. for Flight of Passage. On that day, you're all going to Animal Kingdom. And consider getting Disney Genie Plus, too, just to make boarding safaris or Everest a little bit easier. At the parks, I generally find it easiest to do whatever he wants to do. So I'd approach your trip like that. Draw a line between things you and your friend want to do together and what your partners want to do with you and save the hits, which for them kind of sounds like thrill rides, for when you are all together, if you're going to multiple parks throughout your trip. I would definitely get a lightning lane for 7 a.m. for Flight of Passage on that day everyone's going to Animal Kingdom. And consider getting Disney Genie Plus too, just to make boarding safaris or Everest a little bit easier. I don't think it's best to drag them on any attractions they might not be into. So maybe have a few alternative ideas in your back pocket. Like, if you and your friend want to wait it out for Navi River Journey... Maybe send them to Nomad Lounge to relax in the AC and enjoy a snack. Just kind of making sure they're always set up for success is going to ensure you have a great park day. And Universal, though, I don't think you're going to have a problem at all. Unless they're huge Harry Potter heads, I would maybe start an Islands of Adventure with Velocicoaster. It's my favorite ride there, it is absolutely incredible, and it will blow them away. Not to plug the podcast on the podcast, but I would maybe even play a snippet of the Velocicoaster episode we did way back when with Shelby, just to get them ready for what a beast this ride is. I always like to do big coasters before I eat, so doing Velocicoaster and, let's see if I remember it, Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure at Hogsmeade Village within Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Universal's Islands of Adventure. Still got it. (laughs) So doing both of those earlier in the day is best because the lines can get long and Hagrid's itself, the boarding process can get a little screwy. So starting with those will really jumpstart your day. Some other assorted recommendations. I'm inferring that they're going to hate that early morning wake up when you're doing the race. So maybe leave them like a little Starbucks gift card or surprise treat in the fridge in case they're sleepy and they wake up and they're just a little salty about being there waiting in the hotel while you're out running. I would also do your best to keep them off buses, full stop, unless they are with you. I think rideshare is the most convenient option and putting someone who isn't really feeling a Disney vibe on a Disney bus is never going to end well. I'd also recommend a few activities to them, maybe an Uber to Disney Springs to hear live music and get some drinks if they drink alcohol or going there for a nice lunch. Or maybe even if they want to lay by the pool, which it sounds like, suggest they go to a water park on a day you and your friend are out running around Disney World, both literally and figuratively. And my very last tip, just 
make sure you carry anything that would make them more comfortable. I know by saying that, I'm making it sound like they are your toddlers and you and your pal are their parents, but Disney fans uniquely know just the struggles of being at a theme park. It can rain randomly sometimes. It can be freezing cold on select nights, especially when you're going in November, I believe. You run the risk of a random cold snap, or it might be boiling hot because of global warming. Regardless, I recommend you pack Advil, sunscreen, a fan, an extra layer, a hat, anything they might need and they might not anticipate needing since they don't go here that often. I hope that helps. And if you have any other questions about your trip, feel free to call the Churros hotline. Otherwise, have such a good time. First time back in forever. Oh, incredible. Hi, Carly. This is Claire McLaughlin. I'm calling from uh, Pennsylvania. I just listened. I'm a huge fan of your work. Love your stuff. Read everything you do. You're awesome. But I just have to tell you, I just listened to the most recent episode of the podcast. I think it was Mishmash. And your mother's call at the end killed me. She's so cute. I love her so much, but I believe, and I'd like this, I, I, I assume you could uh, confirm or deny this based on the information she said. I just want this actually confirmed. I think she confused the guys from Podcast the Ride with uh, the people that run Lost Bros, and I just think that's so cute and sweet, and I'm also getting like, I also listen to Podcast the Ride, and the idea of your mother talking to Scott and Michael and Jason is so funny to me. And if there's any God, it will happen. And if you can make that happen, I mean, then you too would be like a God. Anyway, thanks so much. That was really amusing. Ooh, didn't mean to say this. It was a podcast. Bye. So you are not the first person to reach out to me about this. <laughs> I honest to goodness, have no idea what my mother is talking about in that call. And the problem is that I don't edit my mom's calls because one, I know better. And two, it's so funny to just let her do her thing. I just want Audrey to exist in her own little bubble and have us all enjoy it, which it seems like we've done. But that one particularly, I played it back and was like, "Mm, do I edit this one? And just thought, you know what? We're going to go with it. It'll shake itself out. My mother's still, uh, uh, she's confused. I don't know who she's talking about. It could be them. It could not be them. TBD. (laughs) But it also does reignite me to want to see what my mother says, if grilled by the good boys of Podcast the Ride. But either way, yeah, my mom uh, always sends in her voicemails at like 2 a.m., which she's mentioned, and then texts me and she's like, honey, are they okay? Honey, are they okay? Are they okay? And I'm like, mom, they're great. They're great. Like, you just be you. <laughs> like, it's totally fine. And I-, I guess going back, would I re-edit this one? No, I would leave it the same. I just love it. She's confused, but who knows with whom. Uh, it's all a mystery. <laughs> the Audrey end of the episode is always shrouded in mystery. <laughs> but thank you for calling. I guess, I guess this is one mini mystery we'll never solve. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's our show! Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you to Wyatt and Walt Disney Imagineering for this wonderful, wonderful episode about their latest attraction. You can rate, review, and follow Very Amusing on Apple Podcasts, or rate and follow Very Amusing on Spotify. Either way, you're going to get episodes the moment they dropped, like an exclusive limited edition audio bundle when really you just get it early and it's free because that's how podcasting works. But anyway, I hope you enjoy it. And if you're new to the show and you're liking it, please give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh, please leave us a little, a little love note, a little review. It's always so nice to see them, and I wholeheartedly appreciate it. You can give us a call morning, noon, night, middle of the night, uh, 4.45 p.m. when you're on the verge of celebrating happy hour, uh, at midnight when you're like, mm, I need a little snack out of the fridge. Why do all my times revolve around food? Anyway, you can call us whenever, why, why ever, whatever at 747churros. You can also send along a voice note, you can text us, and you can email us at 747churros at gmail.com. Merchandise is almost back in stock. We have some items that have arrived We're waiting on a, about two or three other styles. But if you are listening to this in the future, in the past, whenever, um, not sure if we'll have time travel within the lifespan of this podcast, but regardless, uh, check out very-amusing.com to see all of our sweet, sweet merch. I myself am currently wearing my very amusing uh, jazzercise style cut-off cropped fleecy inside sweatshirt and it's perhaps my favorite garment of clothing I've ever owned second only to the t-shirt version of this they're all so comfy and so good and I love them so much so give it a check it out at very-amusing.com we should have more stuff up for sale soon you can follow me at Carly Wiesel and Twitter and Instagram and because I'm in the parks this week I'm very active on the internet <laughs> and you can join my Facebook group the Fomaly at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. This episode was edited breezily by Jeff Fox. I live in fear that I've used that adjective the past five weeks in a row, but either way, easy breezy, Jeff Fox is uh, trying to try to make it rhyme is a... Uh... Oh, my improv training is gone. Uh, he's the best. That's all you need to know. It doesn't need to rhyme. Thank you so much for listening and see you real soon. What do you mean my podcasts are too long? I did hear that. Anyways, hi, honey. I have to say, I was talking to you on the phone last week when you were leaving Orlando and you were arriving at L.A. I was talking to you when you dropped your popcorn. And I said to you, Carly, I think you can still eat it. And you were like, Mom, I'm not going to eat the popcorn. You were so upset. It went flying across the car. But anyway, um... I want you to know I'm very excited because my clothes are coming from pre-sale. So, so far, I have two sweatshirts. I have a kite tail shirt. I have a foamily shirt. I have three shirts coming, and I am so excited because when I come and see you, we're going to dress alike because I'm bringing 
only very amusing and Disney clothing that you have sold. So I am very excited. Um, I just want to say this was a fun week. I'm going to keep it short because I heard I talk too much. So I'm going to keep it a little short. I love you. It was a great week. And I'm very excited for two things, that we are hugging the characters again. I'm so happy. And that you and I will be dressing alike in the future. I love you. Have a wonderful week. Talk to you. See you next week. Bye-bye.